Hi, everybody. This is uh, episode two of The Relentless. My name is uh, John Baranaskis. I am the, uh, the host. And uh, with me today, I have um, one of my best friends and uh, another uh, realtor from the uh, Homefront Group that uh, we had with Mike Gaber last week. His name is Tim McLaughlin. And, uh, you know, Tim, Tim is a, like, not only is my best friend, but he's also um, somebody I've, you know, I've worked with in the past. I, I know, you know, his strengths and weaknesses, so to speak. I'm sure he knows mine. And uh, I just wanted to, you know, have him on, just kind of share his, you know, his life story, um, what his work experience is. He's been um, not only is a realtor, but he's also been uh, tasked with managing you know, hundreds of people in, in, the, in the movie business, uh, site operations, things like that. So he has a unique perspective that you don't always get unless you have actually have experience managing people. So, Tim, I'll let you uh, introduce yourself. We'll, we'll, we'll do a commercial at the end, but just kind of you know, share who you are and you know, just you know, that kind of thing. Hey, John. Uh, yeah, my name's Tim McLaughlin. Um, I'm a realtor with the Homefront Properties Group over at Keller Williams. Uh, I've been doing that for about about nine months or so. Uh, prior to that, I worked in the movie industry uh, with Regal Cinemas and other chains uh, managing uh, locations. Uh, I did that since I was 16 all the way through college, high school. Uh, just kept getting promoted. Just kept getting money thrown at me to stay, not to uh, not to really pursue what I went to school for, which was secondary education. Um, so it was kind of hard to walk away from money, and it was just a great experience. Uh, but like anything else, you know, companies have to adapt and change to the times. And the company that I was working for had to do that. And you know, I, I thought that was a good time for me to to branch out into something else that I haven't done before. Sure, and when you when you made that step, I mean, I, I guess it's it's because it, in the past you couldn't do it all yourself. You had a, you had a team behind you. You had you know multiple you know you had resources, and and now you know I mean yeah you're you're on a real estate team, but as far as like the actual operations, it's pretty much on you. It's your own it's your own business at this point. Um, you know, I guess what are the what what, is, what are the strengths and weaknesses of that? I mean, what do you what, what's the, what's the difference when you get up? Sure. Um, so working in a corporate structure environment, you know, you have your HR person, you have uh, accounting, you have every department under the sun at your fingertips. With working in the corporate world uh, now, when you move over to real estate, you know Keller Williams, the company I work for, has that. Uh, but you're an independent contractor. So everything day to day falls onto you, um, your own marketing, whatever you want to put into it is what you're going to get from it. Um, whereas in the corporate world, you know, it's very more structured. So I think from being in that world for a number of years uh, and the positions that I've held in that world uh, really helped me in the real estate world to structure um my work schedule and, you know, be very disciplined day to day operational wise. Sure. And I, and, and Mike and I talked to this a little bit too, but I guess you, you probably can, you can use the experiences that you had to, to build on that for, for any business really. Right. I mean, do, do you see that as well? Or is that, yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, so in my old business, you know, I, I dealt with, you know, hundreds of thousands of people that came through the doors every year. Um, one of the locations I managed, you know, did about 300,000 people a year. The other location I managed did close to 800,000 people a year. Uh, so dealing with that, you know, has its own challenges, customer service aspect 
and uh, you know, dealing with employees, you know, is, is you, you learn how to interact with people is, is one of my strongest uh, attributes. Yeah. And that's, that's one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on. Cause I, I, I've, yeah, we've talked about this a little bit, I guess, but just, it's, it's, it's fascinating that you, because it's a lot of young people and a lot of older people, there's not really that, that demographic of 30 to 50 that you've dealt with. So is that, is that sort of like, I guess, where do you, where do you, I mean, maybe I'm assuming too a little bit because I'm just from people looking around the movie theater, but I guess what I'm getting at is how do you deal with people that are, that have the, the full life in front of them and are just new to it? And how do you deal with people that are sort of, you know, coasting into retirement and just, just need a paycheck kind of thing? I, I think anyone else, you know, like anyone in life, you, regardless of what stage you're at, people just want to be treated with respect and, you know, appreciation. Uh, so when you have that kid that's coming in, that's 16, that's never had a job before, doesn't really know how to conduct himself at a work environment, isn't really much different to the guy that may, you know, worked for, you know, Johnson and Johnson for 30 years. And now he's retired and he just wants to get out of the house and the discipline's still there. Uh, and the, it really just comes down to respect. They, they want training. They want to be put in the right environment with the right people. Um, so I really think that's what it comes down to. And that, and that's translate to the home buying process with people. When I'm taking people out, they just want respect. They want to be educated during the process of what they're doing, not second guessing uh, what's going on. Makes sense. Okay. So if you had to sum up management in one sentence, what would you, what would you say? I know I'm putting you on the spot. You can, you can, you can kick that for men's if you want, but. Uh, one sentence, I, I think, you know, it's, it's a lot of things. Management, you know, you have to admit when you fail. Um, you have to take responsibilities for yourself and your team. Um, I think training is huge and just you know, a lot of respect, you know, listening to what people have to say, you know, you, don't ask somebody to do a task that you wouldn't do yourself. Uh, I think it's huge. It's as simple as it sounds. It carries a lot of weight. Okay. Fair enough. So we're going to move into the personal stuff a little bit and you don't have to answer everything you don't want to, but um, again, one of those fascinating things with you that I see anyways, how, you know, Tim has had experiences with loss multiple times in his, in his life. And I just, you know, I mean, we all have experience as long as you live, the more likely you have that people are going to, you know, are going to pass on you, unfortunately. Um, but how you rebound from that and, and how does, how others are affected by that, uh, just, you know, just share your story about that a little bit, I guess. You can go as far as little into it as you want. Yeah, sure. Um, so when I was 20 years old, uh, unexpectedly, my brother had passed away uh, playing softball, game I was playing with, and, uh, you know, he died right there. Um, in front of me and uh, that that obviously changed the direction of my life because losing somebody that you're close with you know a sibling at such a young age can really um, knock you off the rails uh, but I made a conscious effort um, that I wasn't going to turn to drugs or alcohol during that time period and I, I wanted to feel every emotion that was coming at me and to, to deal with that because I had another sibling, you know, I have another brother and I parents that, you know, looked to me uh, as a beacon of hope and structure and just wanted to focus on that. And, um, 
you know, I think that's really important to have a good support system. You know, I have great friends that still to this day, you're one of them. And, you know, all the other guys that, that are your core, you know, that you know that you're not alone. And that for me, also my faith, you know, I was raised Catholic and, you know, when you, when you're raised Catholic and you go through Catholic school, when you, when you graduate high school, you tend to try to find your own thing, you know, if that's what you still identify with and everything along those lines. And when my brother had passed, you know, I, I kind of turned back to my faith because I had that growing up and, you know, I put my faith in God and that, that really helped. And, you know, and then, so you, you actually would say that it actually improved your relationship with, with religion at that point, God, because of, because of that, or would you say it hurt it? Like, what would you, I mean, I know that's kind of a really deep question, but. No, I, yeah. I think, I think it's half and half, you know, mm -hmm. I think at times, you know, I, I questioned, um, you know, God and why it happened. And then other times I, I think it did make my relationship with God stronger um, because I truly believe that everything happens for a reason. Uh, you know, I think, B happens because of A and so on and so forth. And um, that's gotten me through a lot of things. Yeah. Um, okay, fair enough. What have you, um, do you, do you feel like your life would be a lot different if the losses that you did have, like I know you said it, it changes trajectory. I mean, where, where do you think you would have ended up if, if, if you stayed the course I mean, that's, that's it's hard to say, yeah, it's hard to say yeah. you know, because I could always paint it as, you know, this glorious life that I could have led, you know, yeah. if not, none of that happened. But in reality, who's to say really where it would have taken me? But I, I, I do think it's shaped me into the person that I am. Uh, I think it's made me a stronger person um, to deal with certain aspects, especially like you said, you know, we regardless of rich, poor, we're all going to, at some point in our lives, face loss. And yeah, we, we, nobody goes nobody goes out, you know, standing up. Yes, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. Um, so Unless I, yeah. you plan it very well. Yes. <laughs> um, so I, I think that's, that's given me the opportunity to, to be a support system for friends and family. Uh, that also suffered loss. Let me ask you this. I mean, this is a little off my script here, but I'll, I'll, I'll throw it out there. And this is not an advertisement for my company or anything like that, but what effects did the financial planning that, you know, the, the people that you've lost really, how has that helped you? And I'm not saying if you provided pots of money or anything like that. I'm saying just, just from like not having to worry about these issues when they bubbled up. How has that affect your your psyche? I guess. I mean, do you think it's been successful, or do you think it's been still a struggle? I mean, obviously, it's still a mental struggle with the loss. Sure, sure. No, know. I think that's a fair question. You know, because it's like anything else in life. If you don't face a topic and you just brush it under the rug, it's going to become a larger issue. Uh, a lot of people don't like to talk about death and planning for the future and everything like that. But thankfully, my brother was smart enough to have life insurance and everything like that. So, you know, when that tragic accident occurred, um, it didn't put my parents in a very negative hole as far as, you know, how are we going to afford a funeral? How sure. are we going to bury him and stuff along those yeah, lines? Yeah, I, I, I couldn't imagine, like, having to deal with those issues 
um, if, we, if you if if the person that it happens to is completely unprepared, you know. Yeah, and I, I think preparedness, you know, is key in any aspect of your life, but certainly. Uh, That's the Boy Scout motto, right? It is the Boy yeah, Scout yeah. motto. I mean, I'm an Eagle Scout, yeah. so you know, I've lived by that motto and that creed my entire my entire life. Um, you just you just don't know what tomorrow is going to bring, uh, but all you can do is prepare um, for tomorrow. They hope for the best. Yeah, that's right. All right. That's cool. We'll, we'll cap that off. Um, okay, so uh, you, you kind of mentioned a little bit of the importance in your life. It's the family, your brother that you have, you know, your friends. Um, what else? I, mean, what, like, I guess, how do you define a, a wholesome, you know, how do you, how do you define a successful day, a month, year in your life? And what, what kind of milestones do you want to hit? Um, I think it's a, it's a good question. I think really to me, it's, it's about just being with friends and it's being with family and it's, it's, uh, not sweating the small stuff and just trying to enjoy life. And that, that, that doesn't necessarily mean spending money on trips or vacations, cars or anything like that. It's just, it's about building memories with people and, you know, with my old career, um, it was very difficult for me to take weekends off and I've sacrificed a lot of personal stuff over the years, you know, uh, that things I couldn't make. And yeah. now it's now to me, that's a priority, you know? So, you know, when a friend's, you know, first birthday party comes up yeah. at the park, you know, I'd love to make it. Sure. You know? Yeah. I think it's interesting because I've never, you know, as you, you told me years ago, I'm just a fat banker now. <laughs> let's, let's make it real sure and you know I, i've always had those banker hours right i mean I, sometimes you got to hop on a call or whatever at night or whatever the deal is but i mean at the end of the day like it's it's that nine to five you know type of you know mindset and with you i mean i i, I just remember you know this is going back to high school we're talking you know waiting around for you to get done work at two o'clock in the morning you go hit up a diner or something with a couple of buddies you know it's a different um I, I guess I, I don't even have that perspective because I never, I never really never had it. I guess my like my, I know my dad, your dad, you know, we both our dads did like network and stuff like right, that. So, right. Right. It just changes the way you, you operate. And uh, I guess how, how do you think, like, is that why you cherish it so much now at this point because of that? It is. Yeah. So I, I think, you know, it's like anything else you take for granted. Um, but I had the opportunity to take a step back and, you know, really, evaluate my life, where I'm at, where it was going, the direction that I wanted it to go in. And, uh, I didn't want to miss those opportunities, you know, with friends and family and, sure. you know, so my new career, my new path has given me that. And to me, that is just enriches my life more than anything else. Okay. Fair enough. All right. So we're going to change gears a little bit here and, you know, we're going to keep it PG, PG 13 because it's, and thank God we don't have a – Tim can't show a picture on a podcast. But what is your favorite shared story that we have as a group? <laughs> um, my, uh, <laughs> that's a good question. Um, so I think – He's motioning for the process cut right now. I'm only joking. I really like that we have such a good core group of friends – and, you know, we, we still make it a priority to see each other. 
you know, we go out, you know, try to go out at least once a week on Thursdays to, to grab dinner uh, and just be present in, in each other's lives and, you know, the importance of the day-to-day stuff that's happening. And, you know, the last couple of years when we've done our Penn State trips, it's just, it's just awesome. And, uh, you know, it's definitely something I look forward to every year. It's funny how that started, right? I mean, we, we were doing the landscaping business yeah. 10 years, 11 years ago. Remember, I mean, we were mid-20s. And it was like our reward to ourselves for the end of the year, we would take a, a trip. And it's grown from us running an RV and just piling up to State College to this away game thing we're doing now where it's it's just, it's, it's I mean, we're old men now, so we're, we're, we keep it pretty chill for the most part. Sure. And, but at the same time, like it's, you know, it, we're talking two or three breweries for dinner. I mean, it's just, it's it's like, it's just a dude's dream, basically. It, it really is. Yeah. I mean, we even have custom t-shirts at this point. <laughs> yeah. uh, so I, it, it, it really is, yeah. you know, like when you look back uh, at like our parents and stuff like that, you know, they may have had, you know, a couple of close friends that, you know, they would go out to dinner with on like a Saturday or something like that. But uh, for us to be now approaching our late thirties to still have that ability to, to go for a weekend to, to check out a game and just, be with the guys, you know, I think is, is just awesome. And it's, it's something I cherish because I know a lot of people aren't in the position that we are to have that. Sure. And it doesn't, doesn't have to be a blowout trip either. I mean, no. we, we could literally just be playing cards or something and just, you know, rent a place on shore for a night or whatever. And it's just as fun. Um, and I think it's, and, and it's, it's funny cause it's, it's to me anyway, it seems like it's magnetic because we're getting people, I'm not going to say it off the street, but we all, we, they all have a connection to us somehow, but like they're just being gravitated to our trips because yeah. it's, it's, it's something that, uh, I mean, I, I, you know, we, we all have friends and family who don't have that. And it's, it's, it's for me, it's, it's, I mean, I, I, it, the world could be really a lonely place if you just, if you just have you know, the four people you see every day and it could be a lovely place too, but there's, there's, there's always two sides. You need variety. You need variety. Yeah. And like you said, you know, it, it started out with, you know, us cutting lawns and we're like, this sucks. It's hot yeah. out. We're like, oh, at least we're going to get a trip out of it. Yeah. And now it's involved to this, you know, months of Lights. planning, yeah. flights, yes. logistics. Yes. Um, you know, it, it's awesome. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's it really, we, we start planning the trip 12 months out. Usually the way yeah. home from where right. we're going. There's we're, a survey that goes out. Yeah, we know. <laughs> the survey monkey. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> It's legit. Yeah. We should incorporate it and just sell it. <laughs> exactly. Um, okay. All right. So this is, goes back to just, you know, kind of back to the planning side of things a little bit. But like describe, what do you say your relationship with money is? Do you think do you think it's good? Do you think it's, um, do you think you have a healthy balance between saving and spending? Where do you, where do you see it at? I do. Um, so I've been blessed uh, financially. Um from, you know, family and, you know, the circumstances that I faced. Uh, I wouldn't know. call it blessed, but. It was, sure. Yeah, I, yeah. If blessed financially. He's a survivor. Basically. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, I was always taught at an early age that, you know, money, you know, you need to save for rainy days and stuff like that. And, you know, when I was a kid, you know, you save your pennies and you put them in the weekly envelope for collection, you know, for the bank and everything like that. So I forgot about that. Yeah. yeah so I think that that taught a, a very 
valuable life lesson. And I had grandparents. I was blessed with grandparents that lived till their 90s. Um, but they lived during the, the Depression. So, you know, they, they, they've taught me throughout the years when I had them the importance of, you know, saving that dollar because you don't know when you'll need it again. You know, it's, it's really that comes down to that life uh, question, is it nice or necessary? Makes sense. Um, good. Yeah. And okay. So again, we're changing gears over here, but if you were interviewing me, what questions would you ask me? I know this is going to catch you off guard, but I figure I. Well, so one of the questions I guess I would ask you is, you know, are you happy with the road that you chose or is there another career that you think would have suited you better? Um, now that you've been doing this for, you know, 15 years out of college, um, do you have any regrets in regards to maybe not pursuing something else? Sure. Yeah. I mean, it's been four years in college and then 15 years out. Right. Um, so I, I think I, 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 I kind of knew what I wanted to do at a young age. I was probably 15 or 16 when I started getting interest in stock markets and, you know, financial planning just was part and parcel with the rest of the, the conversation there and just sort of naturally fell into it. Um, now, I think at, at you know, 16 or 17, you start deciding, you know, what you're doing in your life. And I, I think I looked pretty closely at the military at one point, um, you know, to try to try to get to an academy, whether it's like the Coast Guard even, or just, you know, one of West Points or whatever. And Salvation Army. Salvation Army. <laughs> yeah, just... <laughs> Something with sailors in it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, so we, you know, I think, I think that there, there's a part of me that always, you know, wonders. I, I think I know I'm not a good soldier, right? I think, I think I, I know I'm not, um, I'm not a follower, but I just, I just, I, I, I play on the on the, the, the on the group's devil's advocate, right? I think I, I always want to look at other. I, I I'm a natural contrarian. I always want to look at the other side. I always want to figure out why I'm wrong. And it's and, and I kind of talk about this in the coffee break I just put up actually about um, you know how we, I have this need to just understand why I'm not right. And I just sit there and I start digging, and that's just the way I operate. And that probably would serve very well in, in like a war room because you want somebody who's going to game out everything basically. So I think a part of me knows that, like, if I just met the right people in that situation, I probably could have went really far really quickly. Um, and I'm also a historian that just loves you know, tactics and everything. And, and that, that applies to my business, too. I, I, I sort of carried it over and I, you know, and it's, you know, it's warfare everywhere, really. Think about it. Sure. I mean, we're not, you know, we're not hitting each other with spears, but we're, you know, we're, we're trying to, you know, understand things and, and try to make the tactical decisions that are best suited for us. So you got to move forward. You got it. Yeah. So to answer your question, I mean, no, I, I think I probably, you know, I, I, I really enjoyed the, the industry. I, I despise where some of the corporations and some of the insurance companies, um, the, the, the old way of thinking, I think with things being the way they are, I despise the government oversight that limits people from, doing what I'm doing, unless you pay to create a company that is independent of, of having a corporate compliance office that, you know, is going to shut everything down. Um, cause I am my own compliance officer and I hire a third party to oversee me. But at the end of the day, like, you know, I, I have to do what's right for the client, I'm a fiduciary, but I'm not, 
I'm not restricted and and not being able to say things. I mean, there's corporations out there where they will literally come in and, and tell you to pull up your LinkedIn account and delete things if you if you don't do it. I, I've heard these stories. I mean, it's it's crazy. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think the industry is at this interesting inflection point where it's going to go one way or the other. Whether it people are going to go, uh, you know, completely corporate and and just follow the the pack, so to speak, or they're going to um, follow the independent guys. And I think the independent guys are probably the winners because I think they have more flexibility and, and, and warfare or anything else, whoever's more flexible and fast is, is going to win. Sure. So that's, that's right. Anyway. No, that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Um, what would you say your costliest mistake was in your life at this point? Um, not taking as many chances as I would have liked looking back on it. You know, in my old job, I had the opportunity really to move anywhere within the country. And um, losing my brother at such a young age, at 20, and I still had my parents, I kind of felt like it was my responsibility to to be at home, to, to, to be with them, to, to make sure that they were okay. So I think looking back on it, but I, you know, again, back to my previous statement, I think everything happens for a reason, but if we can look at, you know, a crystal ball, you know, go backwards, I, I, I would have liked to maybe relocate, traveled, you know, with work and, you know, really see what's out there, what I'm made of in that aspect. Mm. Uh, and then, you know, if the time was right, come back home. But like I said, I, I, I do think everything happens for a reason. Sure. And it, it goes quickly, right? I mean, yeah. I, think, I think you, you know, I mean, I think we all could boil our lives down to probably 10 data points really sure i mean whatever maybe 20 if you're a little older or whatever but i mean it's you know you go to high school you go to college you have your job you do the promotion you do this you do that you change your company it's just kind of, it opens yeah you got to, these big bullet points right and and i think and that's you know that, that's the life cycle i guess we're all on i guess um so interesting that's cool uh what's the most profound or selfless thing you've ever seen or saw or seen or heard before i'm sorry profound something um, just like stopped you in the trash and just like wow what just what just happened there um it could be a selfless act it could be just something that's awful i mean i, I really don't yeah yeah i mean i i really think you know i think there's a lot of things to answer that question uh but for me you know i, I really turned to my mom um to answer that question she, she was sick she she was dealing with uh, with cancer, and then as she was being sick, my dad got sick, and she continued to just take care of him. She was just in this this role of uh, of a caregiver and just always putting somebody else's needs in front of hers. Um, and you know, I, I would go with her for treatments, and we would sit there, and she would, you know, she would just have these conversations with people and just try to brighten up their day, you know no matter how sick or tired she was, she's always had time for somebody else to just, just try to make their day brighter. It was never about her. It was never about, you know, her outcome. It was just, what could she do to brighten up somebody else's day? And do you think, um, do, do you think that was fuel to her to keep her going when she was sick with your dad? Or do you think, like, do you think that all like kind of like you get, you think everything happens for a reason? Do you think that more or less kicked the can for her down the road a couple of years because she was because she was doing that? 
Yeah, I'm not. I'm not a hundred percent sure on that. You know, it's, it's something I would have to reflect on. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I just, I just find, I just find again these things fascinating. How, you know, it, it, I think people, I think people can stretch out their their lifespans in certain. They, they definitely yeah. can. Yeah. You know, um, if the, if you give up the will to, to live, I think it's, it's done. Right. I, yeah. Uh, yeah. I have you know a really good example of that when when my dad was sick. You know, uh, things weren't looking great, um, but uh, his first grandchild was about to be born. So he he hung on as long as he could. And, you know, she was born on August 10th and he passed away on the 20th. Okay. Um, so 10 days later, but, you know, he was, he held on as long as he could and he had a chance to hold her, smile, and I remember we were coming home from the hospital that night and uh, it was the summer. We were sitting outside on the front step and, you know, I said, what's wrong, dad? And he just said, I, I don't want to go in. He goes, I, I think I'm going to, I think I'm going to die tonight. Jeez. And um, I said, well, why do you, why do you feel that way? He goes, you know, I just, he just felt like his, like his time was, you know, running towards the end and, he had that opportunity to meet, you know, his granddaughter, my niece, Grace. And, you know, it, to him, it, it felt like his life journey was, you know, coming to an end and he was accepting that. Um, so we talked and we shared our moment outside and, you know, I, I helped them in. And then the next day is when he started to, to progress um, towards the end. Um but that really resonated with me that to your point that you just said that people do have a will to live really catapults them to get to whatever their finish line is. Sure. I think the energy is expended on doing what's important and that just makes you hungrier for food, for whatever, for mental stimulation and kind of, you know, who really knows, but I mean, it's, it's, sure. it's, it's it, I, I just, that's, my you know 37 years now of life i've sort of picked up on that i think no i think that's fair um so if you could be anybody anyone for a day who would it be and why um if i could be anyone don't say damn bazillion or anything (laughs) (laughs) give me the cat yeah (laughs) um i think i would like to um if i could be anyone for a day um I don't know. I, I, I've always been fascinated with the medical field. So maybe, you know, maybe a doctor that, you know, has the ability to, to, to impact somebody's life, whether, you know, life-saving surgery or, you know, you know, giving somebody a good prognosis, you know, just, I'm all about helping people. It's not about what you have. It's about what you can give and, you know, that aspect. So, you know, I wouldn't want to be like a, a movie star or anything like that or a YouTube star. Um, I really do think it's it's about just making the world a better place. So you would want to just be like an avatar and it's like a surgeon's body more or less and just yeah, watch. That's, watch that's it. Yeah, yeah, just yeah. just just be present for, yeah. you know, what I perceive as greatness. Yeah, it, it, there's certainly um, it's definitely a calling, you know, and especially with that even watching things online with some the content being put out now and with all the stuff going on with, you know, 
politics and just healthcare in general, it's, it's not an easy business to get into knowing the amount of work, the mountain you have to climb to just, to even just get there. I mean, just, I, just to play the just game. Just to play the game. I mean, I, I, yeah, we have, I, I have a friend, uh, Dan, you remember him, his brother, I mean, he's 35 years old. I think he just finally got into practice like a year ago. Yeah. He's a specialty, but I mean, he's making 60 grand a year as a, as a resident or whatever the deal is. You know, it's, it's just, it's, you know, he was blessed with, with money as well. So sure. they had it, but at the same time, like just, you, you need to have a calling for that. Right. And, you know, and it's, it's different than most you know, traits. Yeah. Yeah. Leave yeah. it at that. So you kind of mentioned this about your grandfather, but I'll, I'll kind of ask the question anyway. What's the, your, so the best thing with the millennial generation and the worst thing about the boomers and the greatest, like so the best and worst thing about the millennials, the boomers and the greatest generation. So the greatest generation, you know, they just, they were tough as nails, you know, the recession. Yeah. Yeah. They just, I mean, the uh, Dep- great depression, just right? nothing stopped them. Yeah. You know, it just, if, if there was a wall, they, they took that wall down. They just figured out a way to get it done. Do you think that's romanticizing the the pre like the the past, or do you think? I mean, there's obviously. I, I mean, the, yeah. the, I mean, I mean, there's opium dens in in, in New York in the in the 30s. Sure, I mean, sure, yeah, right. There's plight, you know, everywhere. Uh, look, I mean, if if you if you look for good, you're going to find good. Right. If you look for evil, you're going to find evil. So I, I guess we will go back to our question. You probably could find the good and bad in both the millennials in everything. Yeah, you know what I mean. The, the you know, the millennials, you know, there are people that, you know, want to grind, that want to make the world a better place, that aren't afraid of shaking it up. Um, but then there's other people, you know, it appears that, you know, they just, they just use this word, I'm offended. And they just think that it's, you know, it's a pass to not do the hard work. Sure. Yeah, I think it's, it's a, um, yeah, I mean, you can... You can be offended by pretty much any criticism. You can be offended by every single yeah. thing that happens yeah. every single day. Right. And I think of, like the, the offense culture, it, it started off as something good, right? I mean, if you have a, a bad actor doing bad things and it's, you know, if you have somebody that's, you know, racist or, or, or you know, a sexual predator or something like that, then that's a good thing to stop that. But there's, there's gotta be, you know, there's, if I if you, if HR is instructing me not to you know tap someone in the back of their shoulder to say good job or something like that, I think that's where you have to say, okay, well, that's just human interaction, and you might do that subconsciously. And some people are just more naturally touchy feely than others. Sure, and that's probably controversial, but that's just the way it is, right? I mean, right. But there needs to be a line drawn, and I guess that's hard to just to paint that line. I guess without without some you know, yes, that's some some courts going through some some court proceedings, yeah. Um, what do you what, so? What do you think about the, the boomers? We'll, we'll we'll tackle that. So I, I, yeah. I think you know I think the boomers get a lot of shit um, from people. Just you know the term "okay boomer" yeah. and stuff like that. You know, I don't think they get the respect that maybe necessarily they deserve. Um, but you know. I always have respect for elders, and I think most people do for the most part. Um, and they're the elders now. And like, they're the elders. I now. couldn't imagine going to my grandfather's generation and just telling them to go away, basically. Yeah, yeah. you know what I mean. It's just it, people. Are, I, I just think you're just just rude. Yeah. But on the same token, these are the same 
people that are still living in their parents' basement or, or, or <laughs> relying on their parents for something. Right, right, right. You know, but you, so you can't have it. Yeah. You, you can't have both. Right. You know what I mean? You can't, yeah. you can't tell, uh, you know, boomers to, to go away and at the same time, you know, ask them to help to pay for your family's vacation to go to Disney. And I think, I think, I mean, I, I'm a big film guy myself and I, I watch films from like the eighties and this maybe like in the early nineties when the boomers were beginning to get coming to their own where millennials are coming in now. And you could definitely sense that friction between the two generations, similar to what we're seeing now, but it was unspoken. Like, yeah. you, like you can tell that like, you know, the boomers, they had to learn computer at, in their thirties or forties, whatever it was. Right. The, 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 uh, the greatest generation never, never learned it. And it so all yeah. of a sudden the 1991 comes around and the, and the greatest generation's just about to retire, just, you know, and, and they have, they're, they're expired. I mean, there's no, there's no, there's no shelf life to somebody who can't use that. So there was that friction there. And then now we're getting into where everything has changed before. I mean, for me, like I, I'm, in, I've always been in some aspect or another in some sort of a sales role to, not use social media like like this podcast for example i mean you would have they would have branded me a psychopath 20 years ago sure. like this guy's uh, crazy he's on the, he's, he's just recording himself talking to his friends like yeah. you know he's like, talking to a box he's, drink, he's drinking beer talking about stocks like what yeah. the hell like what's this guy doing and now like you know just the conversations that i have i mean this is and it hasn't really come to its own yet but i think i, I believe anyway that that's it's more of a lifestyle than, than work, I guess. And I think that's, that's where the, the, the friction, the comes friction in. comes. Yeah. I definitely think there is friction. Yeah. And the other part of it is, and I, and I, I know Gary Vee's a big advocate of this is that you got, you know, a, a millennial can go and do gigs, make 60 grand a year. They can go and flip, you know, junk and let it go or whatever and make 75 or 80 or whatever. Why the hell are they going to go work for somebody to make fifty five grand a year and be completely miserable with some some boss? That's annoying. Like it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Like I, I guess life insurance, not like health insurance, health insurance is the the, the big you know, motivator there. But there's options available for that too. So, so I, I, I you know I, I guess you're saying that there's good in all of it, and but there's also a bit downsides and and this is all taking on the macro. We're not going to individual. There's probably boomers out there that are better computers than either of us will ever be. Exactly. You know, they probably, they, they put, you know, I mean, the greatest generation put people in the moon. I mean, you know, that was beyond what yeah. I could ever do in math. Or, right. Or I mean, that was 1969. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, if you believe in that. Cause I'm yeah. Like, if, if you believe in that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, in the soundstage. Yeah. Out the, the, depends on who we're, you know, who we're chatting. Right. Um, flat. All right, so we're 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 hunting out here about forty minutes, so we're gonna we're gonna wrap it up. But I'll I'll give you a chance to just you know you can say whatever you want, and I'll give you like a thirty second commercial to, to kind of just you know just kind of uh, talk about what you do. Yeah, uh, like I said, you know my name's uh, Tim McLaughlin. I'm with the Home Front Properties Group uh, over here at Keller Williams. Uh, my team's owned by uh, a veteran, Mike Gabriel. Um, there's a lot of veterans on my team. Uh, so we focus on veterans, uh, buying, selling, uh, but that's just not it. You know, we, we, we help anyone that's looking to buy, sell, invest, uh, whatever they need. Career change. Career change. There, there's, there's a plethora of avenues that real estate takes you down. Uh, you know, so we're always looking to, to find partners um, on that end as well as vendors, uh, 
that's pretty much it. All right. Well, Tim, thanks so much for taking the time today. And, uh, you know, we'll have to have you back probably at some point. We'll, we'll go from there. Again, this is the second episode of Relentless. Uh, thank you for listening. And uh, we'll, we'll, come, we'll come back to you soon with another episode.